0: We'll hear argument now, number 94329, Ronald W. Rosenberg versus the Rector and Visitors of the University of Virginia,
1: Mr. McConnell. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, it is common ground in this case that if a group of students satisfied all of the objective eligibility requirements to form a student newspaper, or in the terms of the university guidelines, a student news, information, opinion, uh, in an entertainment or academic communications media group that they could not be excluded from funding under the guidelines uh, simply because they espouse a controversial or otherwise political, ideological, philosophical position of a secular sort. Thus if my clients this morning were the SDS, uh, if they were vegetarians, if they were members of the Federalist Society, or black separatists, or whatever there would be no need to be here uh, this morning what if I we're republicans uh, just the question i was gonna
2: <laughs> ask <laughs>
1: um,
3: well then i'll ask democrats just to make a difference
1: um, Your Honor, even if they were Republicans or Democrats, uh, they would not be excluded because under the university's guidelines, an otherwise eligible organization is not excluded merely because it espouses uh, political uh, viewpoints within its uh, activities, no matter how unpopular uh, those may be. your Honor, this case is different because my clients are not the SDS or the Republicans. They are a. Their orientation is a religious. You have to help me a little more on <laughs> the
2: question. I thought I don't have it in front of me. I thought there was a provision that did exclude. A political group such as
1: Republicans and Democrats. Am I wrong on that? Your Honor, there there are two relevant exclusions for political groups. Um, One of those is for political organizations, and it might very well be that an organization set up affiliated with the Republican or Democratic Party could be excluded at the University of Virginia on that ground. Uh, of course, that is not applicable here. Our, my clients are not affiliated with any uh, but, or but national or, or other not, religious organization. Would not the rule that um, you
2: are a- arguing for and entitle such a re- political group to also to get funding?
1: Uh, Your Honor, the guidelines expressly uh, provide, and I refer to, uh, uh, to page uh, 66, 65 to 66A of the uh, appendix to the petition, Uh, The rules specifically provide that these restrictions on funding of political activities are not intended to preclude funding of any otherwise eligible student organization which espouses particular positions or ideological viewpoints, including those that may be unpopular or that are not generally accepted. As I understand this rule, Your Honor, the the point is that if there's an organization that is simply engaging in, in electioneering or... Lobbying, which are uh, much more narrow, much narrower categories than the than the espousal of a viewpoint that uh, such groups can be excluded, but groups cannot be excluded because they are expressing even controversial political viewpoints in a student newspaper.
3: As I I understand it, Mr. (coughs) McConnell, there are two bases for exclusion of religious uh, 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 publications. One is if the organization. Practice is uh, practices religion. I mean, if it's a prayer group or something like that, and then there's a separate one if the publication exhibits uh, religious uh, belief. Is
1: uh, that's right, Your Honor. And there's been and no. Th- p- and the latter
3: does not apply to political exclusion. If if you exhibit the belief of a Republican, uh, your publication is not necessarily excluded. Although if you are a Republican, young young Republicans or something like that, you would be excluded. Uh, that's exactly Whereas correct. for religions, if you are either a religious group or you exhibit religious belief,
1: you're out. That's correct, and there has been no re- claim in this case that my clients are a religious organization. The, only panel, the, the religious provision <laughs> to which Justice Lee refers is an, an activity which primarily
2: promotes or manifests a particular belief in or about a deity or an ultimate reality. That's the provision you say is the equivalent of exhibiting. Exactly. Yeah, I see and the the political one is an organization primarily involved, and so forth and so on. I don't see the dramatic difference between the two provisions Uh, that you rely on.
1: uh, The difference is the language that I was just reading a moment ago, which excludes from the uh, definition of political activities uh, the mere uh, 65A to 66A, very top of the page of 66A, are not intended to include funding, preclude funding of any otherwise eligible student organization, which, three, espouses polit- particular positions or ideological viewpoints. Yeah, but they're not otherwise
2: eligible if they fall within the political organization. Uh,
1: by otherwise eligible, I assume, Your Honor, that they're referring to the criteria for being a, a news, hmm. information, opinion, entertainment, or academic media group. Uh, and I might add here, I'm not, I'm not sure that this is... You, you acknowledge that the young Republicans would still be
3: excluded, that that, that, that exception would not let the young Republicans uh, run a newspaper that espouses Republican views. They, they would be excluded as a Republican organization, political organization, no?
1: Your Honor, uh, whether the, the young Republicans would presumably be a political organization... Uh, but that is not the. my clients have not been excluded because they are a religious organization they are not a religious organization I understand
3: I'm just asking you about um, the young Republicans you acknowledge that the young Republicans would not be able to publish a magazine of Republican viewpoints uh, under
1: the guidelines that's exactly but correct but any other organization that was the, not a Republican organization would be that's right and the very same students could get together and, and uh, put out a newspaper in fact the Virginia Advocate which is a funded organization, looks very much like the sort of newspaper that young Republicans would, uh, would publish. and Let it is just I'm sure
2: I understand your position. You agree that, that a Republican publication would be prohibited by the guidelines. Do you also agree that it may
1: constitutionally be prohibited by the guidelines? Uh, your Honor, I, the, the line that we believe that this Court's uh, case is established and that the First Amendment uh, uh, imposes is a line uh, that prohibits viewpoint discrimination. If the university is excluding all political organizations, whatever their orientation or persuasion, uh, our position is not is that that is not uh, unconstitutional. Um, l- let me just
4: uh, uh, well, point, do you, point... do you agree that it would not be unconstitutional to deny funding uh, to a publication that
1: says, vote Republican in the next election? Uh, Your, Your Honor, if that rule were in fact applied to all newspapers that that prohibited all endorsements of political candidates uh, we would not claim that that is unconstitutional of course that is not the guideline in fact student newspapers regularly endorse uh, candidates for uh uh, for office and let me point out here that this case is that those extraordinarily those other
4: other newspapers are not affiliated with a a
1: a a, a, uh, an identified partisan organization i suppose or at least in theory, they're not. Just as my clients are not identified with any uh, religious denomination or other organization. Uh, let me so point so out so that... Just,
5: just on this on this one point, suppose the religious newspaper engaged in uh, soliciting members, proselytizing coupons to, to fill out and, and, and return that are contained in the newspaper. Does that change the case well, or make it a more difficult case or...
1: I, I, don't, I don't know, Your Honor. I assume that any student activity, and part of the student activity, is usually recruiting other members, and I wouldn't think that, uh, that Wide Awake would be any more precluded from inviting others to join in Wide Awake's activity than any other uh, student group, and of course...
5: That cannot be equated with the, with the political restrictions against campaigning?
1: Well, again, I don't think that the Virginia Advocate is precluded from trying to persuade students to join the Virginia Advocate or to, or to join in its causes. And
4: yeah, but the Virginia Advocate is not a church.
1: Uh, Wide Awake is also not a church, Your Honor. No,
4: but I mean, going back to Justice Kennedy's question, if, if they were circulating coupons, sign up for membership in the First Presbyterian Church, uh, that sort of thing.
1: Well, Your Honor,
4: it's one thing. It seems to me the distinction you make is one thing to recruit members of one's organization as such, and it's another thing to recruit adherents to uh, to God,
1: to uh, religious tenets. Uh, Your Honor, if you if you look at at Wide Awake Magazine, uh, well, you you admit the distinction, don't you? Uh, Your Honor, I'm not at all sure that uh, that a distinction of that sort would be uh, would be administrable. I'm not. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, how you can tell the difference uh, there one is not converted to membership in god there is a there is a, a world view, uh which is theistic in nature one is either convinced of the truth of that worldview or one is not just as there is a marxist worldview uh there is a libertarian worldview there are a number of worldviews and one is either convinced of the truth of those worldviews or not and those worldviews have application to numerous issues, such as the questions that are addressed in this magazine. Well, Mr. Uh, McConnell, magazine. may I
6: ask you a question that I think fits into this same line of inquiry. You argue for an overarching principle of neutrality, and you say if we will look at the program and see if it's neutral, that should be the test. And do you think that means that government must never single out religion in legislating Or do you think that the constitutionality of a program under the Establishment Clause depends on its effects, its overall effects, with respect to religion?
1: Well, um, Your Honor, I can imagine uh, situations in which the government might be operating according to formally neutral criteria that have such disproportionate effects that one suspects that there's a religious gerrymander going on.
6: Would some of our school funding cases fall in that category where the court spoke in terms of, well, if we support this, 95% of the schools that will benefit are religious schools and so forth?
1: Uh, Yes, Your Honor. In in each of the parochial school cases, the court went out of its way to point out that, uh, that the category, ostensibly neutral, private schools, is a category that, in fact, contained overwhelmingly religious schools, and more than that, overwhelmingly religious schools of one particular religious denomination. And I think that the, that those cases can be understood as the as the court's reaction to not to aid, which is general in nature, to viewpoints of all sorts, uh, but rather to aid, which the legislature knew, everyone knew, this court knew, uh, was being enacted in response to the to the needs of a particular. Uh, to religion in general, but especially to one particular religion.
6: So if the student publication in question were really uh, a mechanism of getting more members for the Presbyterian Church, for example, then you think it's appropriate to look at the effects of the publication?
1: Well, uh, Your Honor, uh, no, I think that it's appropriate to look at the effects of the government's Action, that is, if the government is drawing categories that have disproportionate effect, thus leaving us room to suspect that there's a religious gerrymander going on, we should look at effects in that sense. But just as in Widmar v. Vincent, this court was not concerned that the students benefiting from free facilities at the university might, might try to gain members or recruit people to the Presbyterian Church or, or whatever. All that mattered to this court was that uh, all groups at the all student groups at the University of Missouri were being given an equality of free speech rights, and that is our position uh, here. I might uh, on this on the question of the political groups. I just want to remind the court of of, of one thing. I'm not sure that our position depends in any sense upon the, whether the university is allowing or disallowing the the Republicans, because remember in Lambs Chapel two terms ago a unanimous decision of this court that the school that the policy at issue there expressly allowed political uh, activities as well as uh, and excluded uh, uh, religious activities Mr. the mcconnell uh, may
7: i ask you a question directed specifically to religious activities and the state of our precedent is there any decision so far that has authorized a direct cash contribution from a state organ in support of a, a religious activity?
1: Uh, Your Honor, I think that the uh, that the closest case to that is the Witter's decision, in which direct cash uh, uh, payments were made for vocational education at the Inland Empire School for Bible for courses in, uh, in uh, uh, biblical studies and uh, training to become a minister.
7: Not for a purpose directed by the state, that is, vocational education, but for a pursuit that the religious group, that the group engaged in an avowedly religious activity has charted for itself. I don't, I'm not aware of such a case. Well, Well, Your Honor, in
1: this case, the University of Virginia is not channeling money to religious groups. It is trying to support the activity of students writing and editing well, and distributing just, newspapers. Well,
7: I just wanted to know if there was any precedent. Okay. You gave me the case where the state was supporting vocational <coughs> education, and you said that's the closest case to this one.
1: Uh, uh, and, and, Your Honor, I'd like to urge you that that is, in fact, a very close parallel, because and there the state was supporting vocational education. Here the state is supporting student journalism. And in both cases the state is completely, or should be, completely indifferent as to whether the individuals who benefit or participate in those programs themselves decide uh, to, uh, uh, to participate, to, to, to use those benefits in a way that participates in a religious uh, activity. No, because he a
4: distinction in this case because the claim is that the very nature of the publication itself is an espousal of religion it is in your phrase a religious activity so there's nothing left to chance here
1: oh, but but your honor the very activity in Witters was a religious activity too Witters was it was engaged in learning about he was studying a religion at a deeply pervasively religious uh way the, the point is that the establishment well, is, it, is it your point Is
4: it your point that so long as the criterion for giving out the aid is at a sufficiently high level of generality that it does not not identify religious purpose as its object, e.g. funds for education, funds for publications, that that is the end of the uh, the, the inquiry uh, about a possible establishment violation?
1: Uh, yes, to use this uh, court's words in Texas Monthly, when a subsidy is distributed to a broad array of organizations, both religions and secular, on the basis of objective criteria, the fact that some of the aid may go to religious uh uh, advocacy does not violate the establishment. Unless it's model. a gerrymander, you do make that exception. That's okay. right. You, you could you
3: could have it at a very general level, but if in fact the way it, uh, the way it winds up is that all the money is going at one sector, that might be a different.
1: But here, of course, there is an extraordinarily
4: broad array of but on, groups. on your, on your criterion. And then, if the state were to dispense funds for moral betterment. Uh, it could make direct cash payments to any organized religious group. Uh, Your Honor, if a group well, isn't, isn't that the I th- do not consequence think... of what you just said. Because no, you... you said if the level of generality is high enough, so that uh, we we know the the object, absent a gerrymander, is not a a peculiarly religious object,
1: that makes it okay. Uh, no, Your Honor, because in order to administer that category, money to morally uplifting groups. The government would have to decide whether a religious group is in fact morally uh, uplifting. I fully agree that such an inquiry on the part well, of the government it, 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 is unconstitutional. Here, the only thing that the government I, has I, to let's, determine let's, is whether. Let's it's make a, it a little
4: easier. Instead of saying, as you were putting it, "morally uplifting," those which simply espouse uh, the uh, the pursuit of action based on moral grounds. Uh, one act, one ought to act. Morally responsibly, that's the only criterion. Uh, well, that isn't going to require very much by way of inquiry, and I take it on your on, on your reasoning uh, that direct cash payments could be made to any church group on that theory.
1: Well, Your Honor, in, in Lamb's Chapel, the well, uh, category... Well, in Lamb's Chapel,
4: what about your theory? Isn't it the case that on your theory the direct payments could be made? Uh,
1: your Honor, it, it, it so much depends upon... Uh, I. It depends upon the the practice with which such a a, a category was administered. If, in fact, that meant that virtually anyone who uh, espoused any views that was remotely related to to the good life received money, I think that that would be be fine. But if, in fact, it meant that the government was engaged in a searching case-by-case inquiry deciding this group promotes the moral life and this group doesn't, then that kind of selective funding, I think, would be... uh, uh, would be unconstitutional uh, and religious groups could not be included because then the government would be putting its imprimatur upon particular religious views and saying these are good views here the only thing that's going on is that the government has found that this is a this is a student news opinion, entertainment, or academic media group. That is not an entangling uh, uh, form of category. Mr.
6: McConnell, would your theory mean that uh, the case of Regan versus taxation with representation have to be decided differently if the tax code provided that organizations engaging in religious activities would not be able to receive tax-deductible contributions? Uh,
1: The... um Uh, where the tax code has exempted uh, provides tax exemptions for uh, essentially the entire non-profit charitable world Uh, if there were an exclusion of charities that espouse religious views I think that I would be here contending that that's unconstitutional the uh, as, as I uh, as I was saying, the the religious nature of the students is what makes this uh, makes this a case different from uh, from uh, cases that even the university concedes are correct about pro- prohibiting a discrimination on the point of on the part of viewpoint. Now, there are two ways in which the religious uh, character of their viewpoint might be considered uh, uh, relevant. Uh, one is the university's position, which is that to draw the line between religious and non-religious uh, is not viewpoint discrimination. Because it seems to me that that is plainly foreclosed by this court's unanimous decision two terms ago in Lamb's Chapel, I would like to turn instead to the arguments not endorsed uh, by the university today, but, were the, but which were the uh, basis of the Fourth Circuit's judgment. Uh, below, that before is, you do
4: that, may I just ask you one question about your understanding of the way the, the regulation would apply? Would would on the would funding be denied as the reg is written to an organization espousing atheism? Uh, your Honor, I think it would. Okay. Uh, what, the, what what what
8: uh, prevents the? Uh, are you saying the Constitution would prevent the university from deciding to teach Buddhism? unless they also want to teach Hinduism uh, or the uh, university's newspaper uh, edited by students uh, to decide that they want to print liberal articles but not conservative articles or articles involving, uh, say, Buddhists but not Hindus or whatever? I mean, how how does that interest in a university uh, to edit or decide how it spends its money or decide what's important for students to hear? How does that fit into your first, uh, to your first Amendment analysis?
1: Well, Your Honor, absolutely fundamental to our position is the distinction between the government's own speech, either through its employees or through grantees who are giving money. These given are state money. universities. I'm assuming state in, universities. Uh, yes, but even with, Your Honor, even within the context of a state university, the state university is, in some cases, speaking itself and in other cases, it is providing a platform or a means uh, for private speakers to be able to speak their own minds. Uh, that distinction is, is central to our, uh, uh, to our position. And uh, it is our view that, uh, uh, that the free speech clause protects private speech, where the, where the content and viewpoint are initiated by the private speakers, that it protects private speech Against viewpoint based discrimination, whether it's the speech is religious but or not. maybe
6: the government wants to sponsor and speak through the views of private people, but only on subjects that the government wants uh, spoken about. Yes, Your I mean, Honor. And the line is pretty hard to draw, uh, isn't it? Uh,
1: Your Honor, we, we absolutely agree that the university, that the government, when it chooses to present its own message, Through private speakers, by funding those speakers on account of their espousing the government's message, uh, that in those cases the government's, uh, the government may take a viewpoint. It can espouse uh, an anti-smoking campaign without, uh, without funding uh, a pro-smoking campaign. Is that possibly
6: what's going on here?
1: Uh, Absolutely not, Your Honor. The university has been, uh, has been completely clear uh, that in its funding of student groups, it means it does not endorse the, the groups. It does not agree with them. It doesn't even allow them to use the University of Virginia's logo. It has separated itself to the maximum possible extent from the content of these groups. And, of course, the groups themselves it that are funded... too, if
8: you read some of them, right? Uh, I, uh, but what they say <laughs> is that, that they're doing is they're funding educational activities by students, and they don't want to fund non-educational activities.
1: And, and why, them, why,
8: what's, why, why can't they do that? Do they have to fund every activity? I mean, why can't they? Uh,
1: Your Honor, and they've made the further determination that, the, that writing a student newspaper is an educational activity. That is, the, the act of writing, editing, distributing... Reading, engaging in ideas is itself an educational activity, not because the content of the newspaper is educational, but because the activity of engaging in student journalism is itself educational. That's why you can have an animal rights-oriented newspaper and you can have a meat-eaters-oriented newspaper on the same campus. It isn't that one of those views is better than the other, it's that the participation in this activity is itself uh, educational.
7: Mr. McConnell, what about the universities having in mind student cases that are coming up around the country of students who say, I don't want my money, I don't want my activity fee to support something with which I disagree. One of the amici presented those cases to us. If this activity were to be supported, would the university not have to allow all the people who don't want their money to support a religious activity to get a deduction?
1: Uh, Your Honor, the the lower courts have been split on these questions, and some have have said yes, but they have said yes with regard to controversial political speech, too, so that a person opposed to abortion is not required to contribute or may get their their portion of the student activity fee back that goes to the uh, pro-choice uh, uh, campaign. There's been no distinction between controversial, religious, and political speech. Now, other courts have upheld these programs and not allowed a right to refund, on the theory that so long as the university is funding a broad array of viewpoints of uh, of all sorts. Uh, that no student is being required to support any particular viewpoint and that it's much like, you know, taxpayers supporting postal subsidies or supporting public libraries but that contain books that they don't what about the student who says it isn't with. like
7: the post office because when we're dealing with the establishment clause, this court has recognized a right that is not recognized in any other area, that is, Class v. Cohn, the taxpayer can challenge the use of her money to support a religious activity. We don't allow taxpayers challenges anyplace else. And so a student might say, even if I can't complain about my dollars going to some political group with which I disagree, I can make that complaint with respect to a a religious activity.
1: Well, Your Honor, all the courts that have accepted this claim have in fact allowed students to uh, object to controversial political claims that all of the cases have involved secular uh, speech. And in cases like Abood in this court, uh, uh, this court has recognized a right of people not to be compelled to support secular speech with which they uh, they disagree. In this context, religious and secular speech, it seems to me, are, are the same. Now, I don't know whether uh, whether the university should be required to give ref- refunds or not. Uh, I'd be perfectly content for objecting students to receive uh, 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 refunds if they object to some of the, of the speech. Uh, the point is that the university may not use its power uh, to skew the marketplace of ideas at the University of Virginia by favoring some viewpoints uh, over others. If Mr. individual McConnell, students
5: uh, want uh, to do that, fine. A, a, a new subject, and I, I know your time is about to expire. You may want to reserve some time from above. Uh, is, is it your position that the uh, state can never uh, recognize that there may be a gray area where we're not sure that there's a, an establishment clause or not, and use that determination as a ground for withholding support from the activity?
1: Um, Your Honor, I wouldn't say never, but I would say that where, uh, where citizens have a free speech or free press right, a constitutional right under the First Amendment, the university can't uh, uh, cannot defeat that right or deny that right uh, on the basis of uh, some nebulous fear of violating another provision uh, of the Constitution. Indeed, it is not at all clear to me why uh, one clause of the Constitution be, should be read to trump the other clause to begin with. It seems to me much more sensible to take a step back and look at how the Establishment Clause and the Free Speech Clause and the Free Exercise Clause can be read as a consistent and harmonious whole, all of them... Designed to guarantee uh, a neutrality between religion and its various ideological competitors in the marketplace of ideas, so that uh, it, uh, that way, instead of having this strange situation in the Fourth Circuit where the where my clients were held to have had a free speech right, but uh, but the Establishment Clause uh, trumps that right. Instead, uh, the the uh, enterprise of the First Amendment uh, can uh, can be uh, interpreted in a, in a consistent fashion. Uh, I would like to reserve the remainder of my time for rebuttal.
0: Very well, Mr. McConnell. Mr. Jeffries?
9: Mr. Chief Justice, may it please the court. This case is not specifically about religion. It is about funding and the choices that inevitably must be made in allocating scarce resources. Some funding decisions do not involve speech, but in a public university, virtually all of them do. In public education, funding speech based on content is legitimate, routine, and absolutely necessary. Under the university but guidelines... not
6: based on viewpoint, I take it. You would agree with that. I do. Under the university... So this boils down to whether this is a viewpoint case.
9: I do think that's exactly the heart of the question.
6: Um, And if I
9: may just clear up one uh, issue that was left over from the earlier colloquy. Under the university's guidelines, the definition of political activity, which is defined to mean lobbying or electioneering, and the definition of religious activities are not exactly alike, but they raise precisely the same constitutional question. Imagine that students organize themselves in support of the president's reelection campaign and published a Clinton re-election newspaper. That would be an electioneering activity. We would not fund it for that reason. Imagine if students lobbied the state legislature to pass or defeat the balanced budget amendment. That would be a lobbying activity. We would not fund it for that reason. Students have a constitutional right to support the re-election of the president. They have a constitutional right to lobby the legislature. They have a constitutional right to advocate their religious beliefs all of these cases present precisely the same free speech issue and they stand or fall on that basis but as mr. i understand
0: Jeff- mr i'm sorry mr jeffries uh take a look at uh on page 66a of the petition the uh number three parenthetical in the carryover paragraph from page where it's talking about political activity and it apparently accepted our student organizations, which espouse particular positions or ideological viewpoints, uh,
9: that would not include political positions. Uh, the intent of the guidelines is to allow, in the political area, a wide variety of point of views, and to accept two fairly narrow categories: electioneering, by which I mean publication devoted expressly to an election result; hence, the Clinton campaign newsletter and lobbying legislatures.
0: Well, then, uh, sup- suppose you have a, a, a newspaper that simply uh, over-exposes uh, the, the Republican point of view or the Democratic point of view. Just as a philomoralist, more or less Philip's liberal versus conservative, whatever you want to call it, but it has party identification, uh, is that uh, permitted?
9: Liberal and conservative points of view are freely permitted. Indeed, all points of view are permitted. The question is which are funded. And the exclusion yeah. from funding would, would be those activities so closely allied with an election result as to be found to be electioneering.
0: So that uh, some might like, say the Americans for Democratic Action or something, a liberal group which consistently supports Democratic candidates but doesn't really electioneer for them, they could be funded? Yes, sir.
9: Would be eligible for funding.
3: Now, why is that different from... Uh from a group that uh, is, is, uh, is not trying to recruit uh, uh, people to a particular Christian sect, but simply tr- uh, espousing uh, the truthfulness of, uh, of certain uh, Christian doctrines. Just as this other group, while not trying to get you to vote for a particular candidate, is espousing the truthfulness of that candidate's positions on a lot of issues. I don't see a distinction.
9: The guidelines make that distinction. My point in suggesting that these raise the same constitutional issue was to say that in all three categories, electioneering, lobbying, and religious activity, the guidelines say rights which people have a constitutional right to engage in, activities which people have a constitutional right to engage in, we nonetheless will not fund. If that's an unconstitutional action in refusing to fund religious activities under the free speech clause, it must follow that it's equally unconstitutional to refuse to fund the Clinton campaign re-election newsletter or to refuse to fund students engaged in lobbying activities under the free speech cause. Oh, I'm talking about different things. I'm
3: talking about refusing to fund for religious uh, publications simply the espousal of general ideas without identification of a particular sect, without proselytizing, uh, whereas in the political context, so long as you don't proselytize, so long as you're not electioneering, it's okay. Why, why is it, why is, why is there that distinction?
9: Why do the guidelines make the distinction? They, the you minute? acknowledge that they make that distinction. The guidelines... Now, you used to say the reason
3: they make it is the Establishment Clause made us do it, but, but you're not taking that position today, right?
9: Obviously, if the Establishment Clause forbids us from giving direct aid to religion, there is an end of the matter. But we do not stand on that ground. Mm -hmm. We take the following position. There is in this country a long and honored tradition of financial disengagement. Again, this is a question of funding, not activities. There is a long tradition in this country of financial disengagement between church and state. We think it's entirely reasonable for the university to adhere to that tradition.
8: Church, though, I
3: mean, if you're... you're you know if your point where we will not fund any church organization that publishes something that's fine but this is that's not what these guidelines say it says any organization that that espouses that viewpoint what's 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 the term it uses uh,
9: with respect justice scalia uh, the plaintiffs were not fund were not denied eligibility as a religious organization they are not a church and they were do not not denied funding on that ground yes They were denied funding because the publication of this magazine was found to be a religious activity a conclusion that they have not never contested
3: because it manifests a particular belief in or about a deity right
9: because it primarily manifests a particular belief in or about a deity yes sir
5: but that is that is different from lobbying and campaigning Uh, your, your your premise that you're submitting to us is that because it is permissible uh, to withhold funding from active campaigning in the political sphere. Therefore, it is permissible to, hold, to withhold funding for abstract discussion of religious views. And it seems to me the two do not follow at all.
9: Well, in my judgment, uh, Justice uh, Kennedy, the cases on which the petitioners rely are quite consistently free speech cases. If the court had meant to specify something special about religion, it probably would have relied on the Free Exercise Clause. So the inference which I made is that under the Free Speech Clause, lobbying, electioneering, religious activities are all protected, and all comparably protected under the Constitution. But
5: but, but the university can say that these are not educational activities and, with, and draw the line there. But it doesn't follow that it can draw the further line. The discussion of abstract views of religion is also prohibited. It seems to me that that's where... Your, your, your parallelism breaks, parallelism breaks down. It,
9: it, it may be misleading to think of the university's policy as refusing to fund the discussion of abstract views. The university refuses to fund religious activities. This magazine is a proselytizing activity. Re- basically, religious activity means worship services and prayer or proselytizing. So that there's, there is little doubt that this magazine fits the university's guidelines. Like well, do you Justice, take the
5: position that any discussion of religious views is proselytizing?
3: No,
9: sir.
5: Is,
3: well, is but that's all your guidelines say? Manifest a particular view? If you primarily manifest a particular view uh, re- relating to, uh, in or about a deity,
9: you're out. That constitutes a religious activity. What? Let me try to answer the rest of your question, if I may, Justice Scalia. In addition to the long-standing tradition of financial disengagement between church and state, in this particular area, we feel there's a very strong concern. By denying all religious activities, university funding, we avoid having to choose among them. How would you choose among them? Is
8: is the giving of religious instruction uh, a religious activity that falls, makes it uh, outside the funding?
9: Our policy on that is exactly the policy reflected in the religious studies department.
8: We study... Uh, For example, if what this magazine has articles in it that says Christianity and the Five-Legged Stool, and then it, it says, for example, how you should lead a holy life, spread the gospel, make social justice, follow the Holy Spirit, and pursue intellectual excellence, all of which are, you know, fine. But is that type of article the kind of article that falls outside funding? And why precisely?
9: Funding decisions, Justice Breyer, are not made on the basis of articles or columns or particular essays.
8: Oh, but I mean the the character of the magazine. Yes, sir. The magazine did not have such articles, but only said, we have a religious point of view involving certain social issues, certain educational issues. Would it then qualify for funding? I'm trying to get the distinction as to what makes it a religious activity, and what doesn't, in terms of this magazine?
9: On these facts, we think that distinction is clear. A magazine which is devoted in all of its content to proselytizing specific religious beliefs is a religious activity under the guideline.
3: I don't know what you mean by proselytizing. That's not what the guideline says. It says manifests, promotes, or manifests. Now, suppose you had a magazine that just said, we want to set forth the uh, the Christian or, or the, the the Muslim or the Jewish point of view on social issues. It's called commentary, you know, student commentary or something like <laughs> that. It's it's all about social issues, but it intends to bring a, a distinctively, to manifest a distinctively religious point of view about all of those. So social issues wouldn't that be covered by your guidelines
9: let me answer that question this way in a standard which depends significantly on the word primarily university guidelines does yes sir. there are inevitably questions of degree and there may well be close cases and there may well be a line drawing problem down the road i will say we've not had that problem before this litigation but in this case the fundamentally, consistently, and the word of the Fourth Circuit, the unflaggingly religious character of the publication has never been contested or denied.
5: Mr. Jeffrey, suppose that a student newspaper decides that regular columns are are good for the newspaper, uh, readers like them. Yes, sir. And it says, we want good writers, and we want four regular columns. Uh, and they have a survey of the best writers. And one of them is a religious writer, a Christian writer. And that's all he writes about in the column. Can the university promulgate a guideline to withdraw funding by reason of the printing of that column?
9: We have not attempted to promulgate such a guideline. Can the
5: university constitutionally do it under the First Amendment? I doubt it. Why is this case any different?
9: We have... The standard, as I see under the decisions of this Court is basically a standard of reasonableness. Public money cannot be a public forum. There cannot be a right of access to the budget of the University of Virginia. So the standard is that of Perry Education Association in other cases, and that standard says that the approach must be reasonable and it must not reflect an effort to suppress expression because public officials oppose the Speaker's view. But isn't there a difference between
0: when the university decides, you know, what kind of subjects to teach, say, in its department of religion, where it's putting out its own message, and where the university says, we're gonna fund all sorts of student activities, and we're gonna dissociate ourselves from their message.
9: Mr. Chief Justice, the university does not fund all sorts of student activities. They fund some broad categories, and there are other broad categories that are excluded. The funds we're talking about here are raised by mandatory fees. They're exactly like tuition and taxes. They are distributed by a budgetary process, by an official decision-making process, just like money raised from tuition and taxes.
0: But, but they aren't devoted to uh, espousing something that might be called the university's point of view or the university's idea of what education should be.
9: That is entirely correct. They are not, well, the first part is entirely correct. They are not devoted to espousing a particular point of view. They are devoted in funding now, not access. They are devoted to those activities which, in the judgment of the Board of Visitors, are consistent with the educational purpose of the university. And there are several categories that are in, and there are several categories that are out, religion being one of the out categories.
0: But uh, according to a case like Widmar against Vincent, where you're talking about student activities like this, you can't exclude religion.
9: Uh, Mr. Chief Justice, Widmar makes explicit reference to the fact that it is not intended to apply to funds.
0: So you say providing space or facilities and lighting and so forth, uh, in, in doing math, the university can't discriminate. But if instead of that it decides to make cash payments, it can? That's exactly right.
9: And the university does not discriminate in any way. These plaintiffs have full access to university facilities. If I may just explain why If well, you could really help
3: these people out and even the playing field by not distributing your, uh, your student activities subsidies in cash, just to provide printing presses for all these organizations, then it would be okay to, to give these, uh, these people... Uh,
9: Justice, what they want. Justice Stevens said in Widmark that if access were short, that is, if it needed to be rationed, that would warrant the university giving access on the basis of the content of speech. The distinctive fact about higher education and about public education generally is that owing to the demand at peak hours, classroom space always is an abundant supply after hours. So on the facts of Widmar, on the facts of Lamb's Chapel, there is no need to ration anything. It's a benefit that can be provided at, a, at practically no marginal cost.
6: Well, what if, what if the activity involves uh, a controversial speaker and, and providing facilities to take care of that? That can cost a lot of money. I'm not sure that providing access to facilities is cost-free.
9: It has been practically so in our experience. But I agree it might with, not be. Yes, ma'am. And I agree with Justice Stevens that if access needed to be limited, either because of cost or because of a lack of physical space, that would present a very different case from what was presented in Widmar or what was presented in Lamb's Chapel.
3: Funding, and you, you must say because there's a shortage of space, we're going to decide religious organizations at the end of the line.
9: If there were a shortage of space, that would present that's, a... That's what Widmark stands for. A very different question.
0: Uh, you're, you're relying on Justice Stevens' separate opinion in Woodmark for, for, that.
9: for that point, I am.
6: I mean, I, I would don't. have thought the, the First Amendment would indicate that if you have to restrict access, it ought to be on some uh, neutral ground. We're not going to provide access if to do so requires us to spend a lot of money.
9: And, and, and we do not restrict access. So to the, to the extent that the concern is about access, these plaintiffs have no quarrel with us. This entire case involves the question of whether we write them a check. Now, Justice O'Connor, very early you asked me a question which I'd like to get to. I think it's the heart of the case. As I hear the petitioners, they more or less concede that in giving out scarce money, judgments must inevitably be made. Choices must be made. There must be priorities. So that the uh, major ground of dispute here is their claim that the university's guidelines are guilty of anti-religious viewpoint discrimination. That is not true. The university funds not opinions or viewpoints, but activities. The university does not fund religious activities. The university does not fund anti-religious activities. If there were a journal of anti-religion, if there were a journal devoted primarily to denying the existence of a deity, we would not fund it, it would not be eligible for funding, and it would not be eligible on precisely the ground that Wide Awake is not eligible. If there were an anti-Christian newsletter devoted primarily to denying the tenets of Christianity, we would not fund it it would not be eligible for funding, and it would not be eligible for funding on precisely the ground that Wide Awake is not eligible for funding.
5: What about secular humanism?
9: A a journal devoted to secular humanism? As far as I know, from the name you've given it, that would be fine. I confess I'm never sure that I know what secular humanism is.
4: (laughs) But if secular...
9: (laughs) Thank
4: you. If secular humanism says we take this position because all religion is rot, you wouldn't fund it.
9: If it were primarily devoted to the all religion is rot position, it would qualify as a religious activity under the guidelines and would not be funded. My point in emphasizing this is to make a, a, a statement to you that the University of Virginia feels very strongly about. We are not picking out a religious point of view and trying to suppress it.
3: No, but you're picking out theology. I, I don't know that, 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 that you would uh, you would try to justify the exclusion of some other area of, uh, of thought or discussion or belief by saying we're excluding this entire area, both those who like it and those who don't like it.
9: Yes, we do exactly that, Justice Scalia, with respect, for example, to lobbying and electioneering. In all these areas, we do the same thing.
0: But the University of Virginia, of Missouri and Widmar have said, we're going to deny access to this religious group, to these rooms, and we're also going to deny access to any anti-religious group, but we're going to give it to everybody else.
9: Uh, Mr. Chief Justice, my understanding of the Widmar and Lamb's Chapel line of cases would say that so long as they have a surplus of rooms, so long as there is no need to ration access to them, so long as everyone can be accommodated, those exclusions... Did did the the court opinion in Widmar stress those facts? No, sir, it did not. But you have to read Widmar and Regan at the same time. If those facts are not stressed in the Widmar opinion, and by the way, I, I think I spoke too quickly, Widmar does say, and this is the majority opinion, nor do we question the right of the university to make academic judgments as to how best to allocate scarce resources, which is what we're dealing with here. Widmar does say that, but more importantly, Regan is a unanimous decision of this court. Regan concerns funds, and frankly, we think Regan, and our case, are on all fours.
4: Could I go to a question peculiar to funds? Your your opponents say that your argument there is specious because you rely upon cases in which the, the government is deciding, as it were, to speak for itself, and it can decide what speech to make. Whereas the University of Virginia is not speaking for itself, uh, it is funding the speech of others, and it is because of that distinction that it cannot make the distinctions that, that you draw. What is, what is your response to that?
9: Justice Souter, the university pays my salary It's not true that I represent in the classroom any particular university point of view. It's not true that I am a spokesman for a particular campaign, but it is certainly true that the university is not indifferent to what I do there. In other words, in the classroom there is a very broad range of educational speech that is funded, but that's not to say that all speech is funded. Exactly the same is true of the student activities fees. Is that responsive?
4: In effect, you're saying any subject matter distinction can be made, and it doesn't matter uh, at the the point in time or the point in the legislative process at which the government says, this is my speech as distinct from this is what I will pay for.
9: Any distinction can be made so long as it meets this court's standard of being reasonable and not an effort to suppress expression merely because public officials oppose the Speaker's view.
8: It is a, a magazine put out by hobbyists or by fraternities. And the magazine has some articles devoted to how wonderful it is to live at theta, beta, whatever, or how to build model airplanes. But several other articles have to do with issues on campus from the point of view of the fraternity or issues on campus from the point of view of model airplane builders. Now, does that get funding or not?
9: Uh, insofar as it's put out by fraternities, I feel confident there
8: are a group of people who happen to belong to fraternities or they build model airplanes, and what they do is they put out the magazine I was talking about.
9: It is eligible to be considered for funding.
7: Mr. Jeffries, if we don't accept your distinction uh, in placing this closer to the government choosing what subject it wants discussed, and we do accept that is government facilitating the speech of others, not its own choices. You, how would you address the establishment objection that you've assiduously stayed away from in your brief? Suppose we reject your position on the free speech side of it. Let
9: me try to state as as, uh, clearly as I can, since the briefs are so different in their emphasis on the Establishment Clause, uh, what we think uh, the relevance of that question is to this case. Uh, Petitioners say that the fact that this case involves funding doesn't matter at all, and they rely heavily on access cases, Widmar, Lambs, Chapel. We say the fact that that this case involves scarce dollars is decisively important, and we rely very heavily on Regan and also on Russ versus Sullivan. From petitioners' point of view, the Establishment Clause is a grave problem because there are many decisions of this court stating that where religion is involved, funding does matter, but it matters quite a lot. So petitioners are essentially coming to the court and saying either that a lot of past Establishment Clauses need to be distinguished within an inch of their lives or they need to be overruled. That is, as you can tell from the exchange, including the exchange among religious amici, that is a controversial proposition. But it is only the first step in petitioners' argument. Petitioners not only want this court to overrule establishment clause cases and permit government to give direct aid to religious activities where other activities get such aid. Petitioners want to go farther they want to take a second step which is truly radical, to say that where other activities get government aid, government must fund religious activities.
3: Petitioners want you to think go that's a major step, uh, a major oh, yes, additional sir. step. The yes, the step sir. between providing a classroom and providing the money to rent a classroom, do you think is really the step bet- really a, a step off a cliff.
9: Access to the to a budget is a major step.
3: The classrooms are bought with budget money, certainly.
9: Yes, sir, and they are, once they're there, virtually cost-free to allow two classes or three classes as opposed to one or two. Virtually cost-free. No practical significance to that.
3: Well, that that may affect the FISC. I can understand how, how those who are interested in a balanced, balanced budget may be concerned with that distinction, but I don't know how those who are interested in, in un constitutional support of religion see a great difference between providing that assistance in cash or that that assistance in in some other in some other means whether it's cost free or not
9: may I try to identify the consequences if as petitioners claim government funding of speech activities must be accompanied by government funding of religious activities if that's true all of public education as we know it is unconstitutional Every public school in America, at every level, in every state, does what we do. They fund
5: speech. The only justification for your using the word religious activity is because of the special way in which this regulation defines it. What we're talking about here is religious speech. That is different.
9: Different from
5: religious activities and religious exercises.
9: Well, our definition of religious activity is stated in the guidelines that's been quoted to you. It includes activities, and the activity here is the publication of a magazine, and but, that involves religious speech. Maybe I'm missing your But point. The, only, saying, the
5: only thing that's at issue here is religious speech, not religious exercise.
9: Uh, Justice Kennedy, you're drawing a distinction that I, that I do not clearly apprehend.
8: Well, if, if example you have a person who does exa- a Republican and a Democrat and an Episcopal minister all give exactly the same speech about the homeless problem. One from a Republican point of view, one Democratic, and one says, I'm a minister and I have my own experience. The speeches are identical. Yes, sir. You fund the first two but not the third.
9: We would not be in a position of funding any... Uh, speech by speech, that's simply not the... Ju- the... It,
8: they write it in a newspaper. They write it in a little... All
9: those may be published, and they all may be published in a newspaper which publishes lots of points of and, view. And
4: isn't it the case that when you are using religious speech in this argument, and when Virginia is deciding what it means to fund, specifically when Virginia uses the word manifest, aren't you, in each instance talking about speech which does not merely explain a point of view, but espouses it. Speech which, in effect, recognized the difference between this is a way of thinking and speech which says this ought to be your way of thinking. Isn't that the distinction that is implicit in your entire argument and in these guidelines as you read them?
9: Yes, sir, and as those guidelines are applied, they focus for the hallmarks of a religious activity on observances or proselytizing, which we do not wish to find.
3: Was there a finding of, 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 of proselytizing intent as the basis for the exclusion? I, didn't, I don't find that anywhere in the record. Uh, I think manifest means manifest. Do you, do you mean that it would be okay if this group said, we're not going to try to convert anybody, we just want to explain why Christian viewpoint provides certain consequences on a whole range of public issues?
9: the opening would that uh,
3: be accepted your, the university will accept that publication
9: it might be depending on the facts more carefully defined the magazine well, But in theory it would
3: it, i mean if you have the, to say yes if, if you if you're going to answer just a suit of the way
9: the only reason i haven't said yes is because i don't know enough about your hypothetical magazine to have a confident reaction it's, it
4: may be tough to identify it as one or the other but the distinction is a distinction that the university would honor, isn't it? And,
9: and that is... And, and Yes, sir.
4: Exactly. And, and,
3: and the university would... Who wrote these regulations for the university, then? The university would consider that, that such a publication does not manifest a particular belief? I its whole th- basis is Christianity provides these answers to a whole range of certain... That magazine does not
9: matter. I think the, the best answer I can give you is that the magazines in the record do manifest a religious belief. The letter from the editor in the inaugural issue says that its mission is to challenge Christians to live in word and deed according to the faith. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you, Mr. Jeffries. Uh, Mr. McConnell, you have
1: one minute remaining. Uh, Mr. Chief Justice, I'd just like to conclude with a practical uh, observation about the real impact on free speech of the government's use of the power of the purse. Effectively, uh, Ronald Rosenberger and his fellow students uh, were uh, enabled to put together a newspaper, and there's a carrot dangling in front of them. And the carrot has attached to it uh, something about their speech that they can address issues if they want to, but if they want to receive the carrot, they have to do them in a particular way. They have to, they have to censor their own religious viewpoints. They have to make sure that they don't quote from one book, the Bible. They could quote from others.
4: I don't think that's what your brother is saying. I, I think what your brother is saying is they cannot cross that line between saying this is the Christian viewpoint and this ought to be your viewpoint. Now, that may be a tough line to draw. He certainly admits it. But that, it seems to me, is the, is the, is the only censorship that we're talking about.
1: Uh, Your Honor, if their viewpoint were secular, they're certainly entitled to write a magazine saying, this is our viewpoint, and you should share that viewpoint. Animal rights groups are doing precisely that. Feminist groups are doing precisely that. Every other group is permitted to proselytize, which I'd just like to note is nothing but an ugly word for persuade, which is just exactly what the Free Speech Clause is designed to, uh, to protect. They like the word manifest.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. McConnell. The case is submitted.